Tonight we're going to be in Galatians 3, verses 10 through 14. Uh, you can start to turn to Galatians now to help save some time. We're going to be looking at the Apostle Paul's defense of an essential Christian truth that justification and salvation can only be received through faith in Jesus Christ apart from works. You'll see that Paul makes his case by contrasting faith with law, but mainly by teaching about curses and blessings. So this is where I'm going to focus on tonight. There are going to be two points that I will highlight for us tonight. You will see point one, the curse is bad news, verses 10 through 12. And point two, the curse is good news, verses 13 and 14. I'll pray for our time together, read through scripture verses, and begin. Let's pray. Holy Father in heaven, I pray that your gospel truth would be revealed to us this evening and that your spirit would be our teacher. I pray that you would incline our hearts to be open to receive the truth of your gospel, a gospel that has never changed. We thank you for revealing to us that there is only one true gospel and only one way for us to receive it as a free gift of grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. As I said, we're going to be in Galatians 3, verses 10 through 14. You'll be better served if you had your Bible open to these verses. The scripture verse can be found on page 973 in the Bibles that you'll find in the seats in front of you. Follow along with me as I read the inspired word of God. Galatians 3, verses 10 through 14. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Notice first, point one, the curse is bad news. Read again with me verse 10. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, and do them. The first thing that we should take note of is that Paul takes the Galatians and us back to Scripture and the Old Testament to make his argument. He first quotes from Deuteronomy 27, 26, which spells out for us that anyone who cannot keep all aspects of the law is cursed. This is not a curse proclaimed by Satan. It's not a curse proclaimed by demons or witches. This is a curse that comes directly from God for the people of God. The context of this verse, I think, is helpful to understand why Paul grounds this argument around curses. In Deuteronomy 27, God is creating for his people a system whereby obedience to his commands brings about blessings and disobedience brings about curses. It's important that we understand the curses so that we can better appreciate the blessings. To be cursed is to be damned. It is anathema. It's the opposite of a blessing. Blessing. To be cursed is to receive the wrath of God or the judgment of God for disobeying his commandments. So right from the start, God establishes that his relationship with his people will be conditional and that it will be based on curses and blessings. Paul, in referencing this curse in Deuteronomy 27, is communicating to the Galatians that use of the Mosaic law as a basis for justification 
means that they're damned by God because no one is capable of perfectly keeping the law. This is bad news for the Galatians, but it's also bad news for us or anyone else who seeks a relationship with God through their own moral effort. Scripture is warning us that anyone who even tries to keep the law will be damned by the law. We saw the same idea in James 2, verse 10, in the morning service, where it says that for whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. You can't keep part of the law to be saved, or most of the law to be saved. You have to keep all of the law to be saved. Paul is reminding us that apart from grace through faith in Christ, everything else leads to spiritual death. Friends, the question for you is similar to the one that was before the Galatians. What are you adding to your faith in Christ to improve your standing with God? Think about it. Do you come to church or evening service and think that it brings you one step closer to heaven? Maybe you think reading your Bible every day will help you stand before a holy God. Or that volunteering in different church ministries helps you earn favor with God. Paul is telling us that to do these things, which are all good things, as a means of improving our standing with God, will only bring about damnation and curses. Grace, on the other hand, is by definition unearned. And Scripture makes it clear that God's grace and salvation destroys any argument for human effort. We see this clearly in Romans 11:6, where it says, if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. Paul dis- digs into his argument a little more by contrasting law and faith and quoting from another Old Testament verse. Look again, if you would, at Galatians 3, verses 11 and 12. Now, it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith, rather, the one who does them shall live by them. If you look at the reference at the bottom of your Bible, you're going to see that this verse, the righteous shall live by faith, is taken from Habakkuk 2, verse 4. Paul is echoing for us a timeless truth that was first modeled in Abraham's life way back in Genesis 15, 6, where it says, And he believed the Lord, and he counted to him as righteousness. Paul's point is this, in referencing Abraham, that justification through faith has always been God's plan. It has never been about justification through human effort. There's no ritual, no sacrament, no deed that we can perform to make us worthy of the righteousness of Christ. It is only by his grace, in response to our faith, that God credits to us the holiness of his Son. The gospel has never changed. This sets justification through works in direct opposition to justification by faith through grace. They're like oil and water. They're two separate things entirely. Paul quotes from Leviticus 18.5 in verse 12 to underscore this point, that the one who does them shall live by them, meaning that if you begin by trying to acquire your salvation by following the law, then you must keep all of the law perfectly. Your intentions to do right don't matter. That you are mostly a good person who does mostly good things doesn't matter. That you practice daily devotions and tithe generously don't matter. If you fail to uphold any part of the law, you are cursed. That's bad news for sure. And this is why Paul 
was so utterly perplexed with the Galatians. They clearly received the Spirit by hearing through faith and are now wanting to perfect their salvation through works. Friends, it's easy for us to become bewitched by a false gospel that promises everything that we desire under the sun. But that's not what the gospel promises us, does it? We have to be very careful not to add anything to the one true gospel that we received from God through Jesus. Being saved by grace through faith is what separates true Christianity from other belief systems. No matter how hard we try, we cannot work our way to God. And getting it right is literally a matter of life and death. Saints, if we're not careful watchmen and watchwomen of the gospel, we'll be insidiously groomed by the world and subconsciously negotiate the truth of God's holy word. We'll slowly start to accept things that sound good and feel good, but have no doctrinal basis. And before we know it, we'll be perpetuating and living in a false gospel that will condemn us to hell. So how do we overcome the curse? Look at point two. The curse is good news. Galatians 3, verses 13 and 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So then Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham, might, be, might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Friends, Christ redeemed us by becoming a curse for us. This, saints, is the good news. On the cross, Jesus became all that we need by becoming all that we were, sinners under a curse. He became our perfection by taking on in himself our imperfection. Jesus became a curse for us so that we might receive the blessings of righteousness and enter God's presence. That, friends, is the good news. But there's more. Jesus died, and three days later, he rose from the dead victorious over death, granting us, through his death and resurrection, eternal life. Saints, we don't serve a crucified Savior. We serve a once-crucified, now-resurrected, living King Jesus. Jesus' resurrection is God's proof that he accepted his atoning death so that we might be blessed forever erasing the curse of death and damnation. If you are a non-believer with us tonight, this blessing is also for you. All you have to do is accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, repent your sins, and place your faith in him. Turn away from your sin and believe in Jesus, and you too can be part of God's kingdom. You too can receive all of the benefits of all of his promises. You can cry out to him right now from the seat where you sit. You can believe in him right now from the seat and where you sit. Friends, there's no better blessing than to know the love of Christ. Living a life that has been redeemed by faith in Jesus, in addition to freeing us from the curse of the law, means that we will have eternal life. Our sins are forgiven. We are made righteous with the Father. We are adopted into God's family. We are delivered from sin's bondage. We will know God's peace, and we will receive the gift of the indwelling Holy Spirit. To be, be redeemed, then, is to be forgiven, holy, justified, free, adopted, and reconciled to God. This, friends, is the good news. 
We know that this has been accomplished because Paul is quoting from Deuteronomy 21:23, which says, "Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree." In ancient Judaism, a criminal who was executed because of sin was tied to a post or a type of tree, and where his body would hang until sunset, as a visible representation that they were under the curse of God and were being rejected by God. The person didn't become a curse by being hanged on the tree, but was hanged on a tree because they were cursed. In the same way, Jesus did not become a curse because he was crucified. He was crucified because he was cursed. He carried our curse. He carried the full sin of the redeemed upon himself. Galatians 3, 13 and 14 show us that Christ became a curse for us and in so doing became all that we need. Christ took the penalty that we deserve for our sins. He received the judgment. He received the wrath. He became damned so that we could receive the blessing. Jesus became the propitiation for our sin. Justice was satisfied. Friends, when you're saved through faith, you are free from sin. The law is condemned through Jesus because he was the only one who could keep the law. He did this for us so that Galatians 3, verse 14, in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham, might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. That's even more good news. Christ didn't just die for us. He left us a part of his spirit. Saints, we don't walk alone when we place our faith in Christ. Once we are saved, we belong to God. The Spirit takes up residence in our heart, sealing us with the confirming, certifying, assuring pledge of our eternal state as his children. Jesus said that he would send the Spirit to be our helper, to be our comforter, to be our guide. And then he did. Use Paul's words in Galatians as an encouragement to pursue a life of holiness, not in your own strength, but in the knowledge of God's empowering grace in your life. I have about five applications. I don't know how we're doing on time. Not good on time. Then I'll, I will close this in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you redeemed us and freed us from our guilt by freely justifying us by your grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. And that is taken directly from Romans 3.24. We pray, Lord, that we would never take this for granted and that we would fully understand the great privilege it is to be called children of God. Amen. Amen.